know this guy. I'm getting all my sneakers at a discount now. I know. You mentioned it. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, God, get me out of here. What a mistake. What made me think this would work? And I've still got another day. I've got nothing left to say. Wait, wait, I've got one. That's a nice watch. Do you wind it? No, it's got a little battery. Well, that's good. Well, the drive home should be a delight. I'm speeding the whole way. Let him throw me in jail. I don't care. That's the manager. Do you want me to see if we can get another room? No, it's okay. So I guess you don't find the separate faucets for the hot and the cold. Charming. Not especially. Well, what do you want to do this afternoon? What can we do? It's raining. We could play Sorry. We could play Steal the Old Man's Bundle. Maybe I can get an extension cord and hang myself. What kind of perfume is that you're wearing? Oh, you've never heard of it. No, what, uh, what kind is it? I can't tell you. Yeah, that's real normal. Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. I am Dando. And I am Guy. How are you going, my good sir? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Um, look, confined to my room, so to speak, but uh, that's it's not too bad. I mean, um, I've still got everything I need and um, still communicating with people in the outside world like a good self. So, yeah, it's, uh, cabin fever is not quite set in. How's life at, uh, at the Dando compound? Not much changes. Elliot cries, Nicola cries, Brendan cries, we all cry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's going, it's going fine, it's going good. Uh, we're here today to review episode 105, The Stock Tip. It's the season finale of season one. I'm very excited because I've got to say, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I thought this was the most seinfeld episode we've done so far. We did talk about this uh, away from the microphone. I know, what a shock that we actually talked about it when we weren't talking about it. But uh, don't, no, we don't were, kill I think, it, man. I know, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry to shatter the illusion, folks, but yeah, we're not actually making it up as we go. Oh, actually, no, we are pretty much making it up as we go. Um, <laughs> but no, we did have a brief chat about it, and I think we were both very impressed with this one. And as you said, yeah, it feels like it's really taking shape as the Seinfeld you know and love. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I, especially that opening scene where they're just sitting in the booth, where because this is the first mention of Superman. Now, that's a recurring gag throughout the series where Jerry discusses his love of Superman. Also, as you said, in a booth as opposed to a yes, table. 100%. And just, it was also, I, th- I think it's the first episode so far that we've reviewed that they've had key stories going on that all sort of intertwine. Not not just like one key story with maybe something happening on the side. It's actually a couple of key stories going on. Yeah, I mean, normally you've got the A, the B, and the C, and they're fairly sort of, or just the A and the B, and they're fairly separate. Yeah, but these two seem to intertwine into one another and all sort of uh, enrich and, and pay off the other ones along the line. Yeah, it was uh, it was entertaining and and yeah, well put together. It really shows too just how important the supporting cast were because Vanessa returns in this episode and she returns because they realised there was no mention of her and Jerry ever breaking up. So they had to bring her back to break them up. <laughs> yep. um, but it just shows how important the supporting cast were, particularly when it comes to acting with Jerry because he never changed the way he acted throughout the episode. But the way she responded to him 
their whole dynamic, the whole chemistry just completely changed based off of the way she responded. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's a bit like playing tennis or playing chess. You're as good as the people that you're uh, that you're working opposite. And um, now, uh, I've forgotten this actress's name, uh, Lynn Clark. Clark. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I might have said how much I enjoyed her in the episode that she was in previously. I thought she added a good sort of a, a good element to the overall chemistry. Uh, and I, I really liked her in this. It's almost a shame they had to break up. But I mean, having said that, the breakup sort of felt, all the reasons, the underlying reasons for breaking up felt very authentic, but also played very in a very, very funny yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm sure there's been a lot of couples that thought they were going to, you know, go the long yard. And they went on a holiday and it was all over. <laughs> the holiday is one of the first hurdles. I think we could probably start talking about this now. I think um, you know one of the things you should do before you go on your first couple, uh, first holiday as a couple, is um, have a bit of comfort with uh, with being silent with one another and being boring with one another, and don't feel like you have to entertain each other or be on all the time. Look, maybe it's not, the, going- fir- it's not the first date anymore. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be sort of going away and finding yourself in a position where you can't do anything, you've got to be comfortable doing nothing. So, uh, yeah, and that, that did not work out <laughs> in this situation. I, I, I think a good way to sort of establish that is to just go on like a, a three-hour drive. And if you're comfortable just sitting in the car and not having to talk to each other the whole way, you're set. That's a, that's a, a very good sort of dipping of, dipping of the toe in the, uh, in the relationship pool, Dan. That's <laughs> very good advice. Take, take heed, listeners. I also thought that uh, George, he's really becoming George now, isn't he? Like that, that scene where he... He took the tip back at the end, right? That's uh, such a George thing. It's such a such a prick thing to do. It but it's is. also very it's also very relatable. Oh, a hundred percent. We've been talking on four finger discount about how um, in the in the seasonal effort season eleven episodes of The Simpsons, Homer is becoming a real jerk, and they're really playing that up and sort of you know using our history with that character and maybe our affection for that character to sort of allow us to forgive him a bit. Uh, it's funny watching George sort of become George with, you know, sort of the pathetic nature and the pettiness and all that stuff. At this early stage, I mean, I'm still like, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not disliking this guy. I mean, that's a dick move handing the uh, handing the waitress, you know, a little too much money and then thinking, no, you don't, you don't need all that and trying to take a bit of it back. And she's not, yeah, she's very reluctant to give it back, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I found that um, very, very funny, uh, and also, you know, not not relatable in a way. Like I've I've never, I've never done that. I'm too cowardly. Uh, but uh, but you've wanted to. That's the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that there was? Um, this is only very marginally related. To this there was a meme going around on the internet, like maybe two or so years ago. Some guy in America, he said, "Oh, here's a, here's a, a a good tip for when here's a life hack for when you're going to have a dinner." Put like a bunch of dollar notes on the table. I think this guy was American, and uh, sort of indicate that that's going to be the tip that you're leaving. But you know, maybe after the first course or after the first interaction with the wait staff, you take one away, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, I'd better lift my game." Or that is know, that is so something tip- George would do. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it, it's the most. It's. It's like the psychopath test, um, but um, yeah, it probably you can, you can, you can envision Jason Alexander sitting there looking all pompous as he takes the extra bill away each time. Yeah, <laughs> your service is not to my liking. Yes, remove, <laughs> remove one dollar. Yeah, it's like uh, 
Terrible business. You also tell me off the air that you thought Kramer was much better in this as well. Yeah, look, I think in the episodes, the four episodes we've done so far are talking Seinfeld. I've, I've been maybe fairly often like, eh, don't know about this Kramer guy. Don't know if I like him. And hmm. I mean, I think, look, of course, that's what I'm bringing to the table. Everyone's got their own personal likes and dislikes. But I think also... Michael Richards is also to blame for this. I mean, in the previous episodes, he seemed kind of a bit... He was leaning into the weird a bit too much. And in this one, he's he's more sort of quirky and offbeat. But, and it, this is a funny reason to like him, but the sort of the glee that he's taking in Jerry losing his money as a result <laughs> of this bad investment, I'm actually finding really kind of charming. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny, you know, when... You know, you've you've offered someone what you think is good advice or a good alternative to something, and they've gone off and said, "No, no, I'm going to do this thing," and then it goes south for them. You're sort of going, "Well, I, I told you, I was trying to look out for you." So, um, what's what's great is that you don't even have to say "told you so." You just got to look at them with a bit of a smirk on your face, and they you know do. it. And, but it's, and it's actually sort of like a very, I think it's the most uh, open and sort of fun I've seen Kramer before. So, well, I mean, not before, but certainly um, in this first round of episodes. Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. Now, do you have some trivia questions for me, sir? Oh, good golly. Well, how about you start with one and then um, I shall... uh, And I will uh, come up with this next one. Uh, What do Centrax do? What what is it that George says, what's the reason you should invest in them? What, What do they do? They televise opera? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. yeah. Very bizarre. Like, I, I can't understand why that would have been such a new big deal. Like, surely opera was on television at that point, right? Surely, yeah. I mean, it's almost like YouTube for for um, for opera, the way they're pitching it, which um, I don't think that would even work now. But, uh, <laughs> but still, apparently going to go through the roof. In the, uh, in the store, when I believe they are looking for cereal, Jerry's after for... Uh, a certain type of of breakfast cereal, but he can't. He, they have no something. They have just something. Uh, I can't remember. I know the scene, but I can't remember what is it. No puffs, just flakes. Just flakes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I think that. I hope I'm getting this right, but I believe that is. Um, it's only one line by this guy, and the actor's name is Benjamin Lum. It's the own four words, and he just kills it. It's among the funniest things in this episode. Uh, isn't it? Isn't an upcoming episode in season two? I read. It, I think I read it on the wiki page. It is season five, actually. Season five. Okay, yeah, yep. he plays a different character, the yeah. cigar store Indian. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, four words just kills it. I mean, um, yeah. actually, that's it's something I'm going to put on the uh, on the patrons page. But I think it's something I might like to ask to, uh, ask the patrons. Your favourite one scene character or one line character in a movie or TV show? I think yeah. that, I think that might be something that uh, that could be interesting because there are, there are a few out there certainly that I like. I mean, maybe it's probably just going to be an excuse for me to rattle on for half an hour while Dando goes <laughs> wind it up, wind it up. <laughs> uh, your next question: What was the name of Elaine's uncle who showers four times a day? Oh, because I wrote down that line because I thought it was hilarious. Um, and I rhymes with feet. <laughs> it would have to be. I have written it down. It's Pete. <laughs> yes, yes, Uncle oh, Pete. <laughs> what terrible handwriting I've got. Uh, do we just ask one more question and save you the hassle? Have to try and think of two more. <laughs> uh, if you like, but I might come up with uh, with one more. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask one more. Then you can you can try and come up with one. All right, you ready? Okay, then no worries. 
How much would it cost to have a cat knocked off by an assassin? Oh. Pretty cheap, really. Yeah. Was that $28? No, that's for two cats. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, let me do my maths here. $14 per cat. That is correct. I believe 28 divided by two is 14. (laughs) (laughs) Your final question, sir. Ooh. Um, The uh, Kramer's idea... For um, rather than invest in uh, in the televised opera thing, Jerry should have invested in Kramer's idea, which was what? I don't know the exact name, but it was like an automatic tie dispenser, something like that. I think it was just pretty much called an automatic tie dispenser. Where, okay. you know, <laughs> okay. If you get mustard on your tie, you're able to rip it off, and the tie dispenser will immediately churn out another one. Now, when he when he explained that concept, I watched that going, "That's Kramer." <laughs> Like that's it's, just the, the way the way he delivered it. it. It wasn't awkward or weird. It was just it, it, it was a horrible concept, horrible yeah, idea. But it's, just the the way Michael Richards acted in that scene, I was just like, he's becoming Kramer. He was so enthusiastic with it uh, that yeah, you would almost buy into this uh, this absolutely cockamamie idea uh, just yeah. by virtue of uh, Michael Richards' energy and Kramer's enthusiasm. So yeah, starting to warm to the boy. I am. Now, the original air date of the stock tip was June 21st, 1990. The episode kicks off with, uh, I'm going to admit, my favorite stand-up we've seen so far about paying for the check. Like When, when it's like, what is, what is this? I mean, does this seem right to you? That's <laughs> <laughs> funny you said that. I was not a huge fan of this opening bit of stand-up. Oh, was, really? Okay, fair I enough. Like, I, I, I really, I was like, tears were in my eyes. I was laughing that hard. Okay, yeah, I mean, I was thinking... Yeah, I get where he's going with this. I just, I'm not finding it all that funny. You know, oh, I mean, fair, um, okay. I don't know. I mean, I think it's because I've I've experienced because Nick Nicholas notorious for getting the check and going. Let me just add it up. Is that, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, he's sort of talking about, yeah, we're gonna have this fantastic meal, and then at the end, it's like, oh, we gotta pay for it. And like, I don't think I've ever been in a situation like that where I've gone out. And it's like, I know this is a meal I'm paying for. I mean, you know, I oh, know we've been in that situation before. We've just gone. Well, when Nicola's gone, oh, do we need that? Do we need that entree? Fuck it, just add it on. We'll pay for it later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, then, then at, and then at the end, I'm like, oh, oh, that was my decision. Yes, yeah. But that- it was just a little little detail of him going cigarette butt and the mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, yeah, I've never really con- been concerned about that. I mean, yeah, usually you kind of look at it at the end and go, oh, no. I think the thing is, if you look at the table at the end of the meal, it's like, ah. Oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't have ordered that broccolini. I mean, I think we thought it was a good idea at the time. We only ate like a quarter of it. And we haven't touched it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are, cert- there are certain... Si- yeah, that that whole thing... I'm starting to sound a bit like Jerry here. Well, that'd be nice. But, you know, that whole thing with the sides. You know, you used to, you used to order a meal and everything would come on your plate. You know, you order... <laughs> it wasn't just you'd order a steak. You'd get a steak and, you know, side of veggies and some chips or something like that. Now it's like... Hey, order this delicious steak. But, you know, if you want something to go with it, yeah, <laughs> we've got lovely, you know, uh, roast potatoes on the side or green vegetables on the side. I hate that. I hate side. when you have to pay extra for a side of vegetables. No, fucking, it, it comes as a meal. Thank it you. It comes as a meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to buy the steak by itself or buy the steak in a large or medium sized meal deal. <laughs> Ronald McDonald had the right idea. What's it there with the sides? So, anyway. <laughs> Um, so they kick off, as we said, though, in the booth. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed this scene um, discussing Christopher Reeve's... Uh, well, they discuss Superman's sense of humor, but I've got here, Christopher Reeve, he, he brought a real sense of humor to Superman. I he thought he was like... He's, he is and will always be the best Superman. 
He did indeed. I think every, I think the other the Superman we've seen since have well, there's been Brandon Routh in Superman Returns, uh, Henry Cavill in the in the following DC movies. I suppose there's been, few, there's been a few super uh, TV Supermen as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, none of which, what, what was it? Was it was the show? No, Smallville, Smallville, Smallville. Yeah, I mean, but I think in all of those, yes, Superman was kind of the straight man to everybody else. But yeah, Christopher Reeve, whether he was playing Clark Kent and sort of hamming it up as this you know, kind of nerdy, you know, milquetoast kind of fella, um, or just being kind of very slyly, subtly funny as Superman in kind of this very confident way. I thought they were, you know, there wasn't laugh out loud funny or even sort of like, you know, going for the joke funny, but it was still charming and had a bit of a sense of humour as a result. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I think Superman can be can be funny. I don't think he's going to be, you know, doing a tight five at the Yuck Yuck Hut um, alongside <laughs> Jerry, but um, yeah, I think he'd probably... I think if he had a cocktail party and Superman came along, occasionally he'd drop like a one-line and go, that's, that's pretty good. Elaine's upset because she couldn't find the grape that she's dropped. And that, that's happened to me numerous times. Not necessarily a grape, but you drop something in the kitchen and you just can't find it. And you just you eventually give up. But she's also got a um, she's got an allergy. Um, she's allergic to her. Here we go. One of the, the many of Elaine's boyfriends that have something wrong with them. So this one's got <laughs> cats. Robert has two cats. George uh, says something that personally stung me. Guys with cats. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that that delivery from Jason was incredible. It was pretty good. It was yeah. Guys with cats. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of myself and my house partner, Count Basie the cat. Yeah. Guys dissing guys with cats. I don't know, George. Here's a question. Who comes first? Count? Well, Louise, the lovely Louise. <laughs> oh, that's true. No, well, luckily Louise also has a cat with the that that her, her kids insist oh, okay. now that she's fallen yeah. for. But she's very friendly to Count Basie when she comes over. Oh, so um, that's good. But Glad I, to hear. I, I remember prior to meeting the lovely Louise, I think there was yeah maybe one woman who I was sort of was flirting with all that, and she was getting a bit kind of I think she got a bit antsy about uh, oh you've got a cat do you and I was like I've I've lived with the cat for three for three years I've known you for maybe you know. A week and a half. So, yeah. <laughs> I did, of course, say so, that. So, too... so, you are Elaine's boyfriend? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> well, listeners of the show may not know, my middle name is Guy. My first name is actually Robert. Yes, that is true. There we go. Fun, fun fact, fact about your man here. <laughs> uh, Jerry says he's thinking about taking Vanessa on a holiday and George says this is just a bad idea. I've been thinking about asking her to go away for a couple of days. Oh, no, 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 no. I'd have to advise against that. What do you know, this woman? A month? That's You're going to be with her 72 hours. That's a dating decathlon. <laughs> hey, why don't you take her to that place in Vermont I was telling you about? You know, that really charming place with the, with the separate faucets for the hot and cold? She'll love it. George is reading through the paper. He mentions that he's bought some stock. Elaine and Jerry are curious. They always wanted to, but um, I, I, they ask George, how much are you going to invest? Five, ten thousand? Five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, a couple of a couple of things I wanted to point out here because, yes, I'm a big big fan of Julia Louis Dreyfus and anything she does is magic, according to the police. The spoon. Um, the spoon on the nose, I thought was lovely, um, but also I thought her reaction to the Jerry's grape. Yeah, Jerry doing his whole bit about the grape pit that you know took over the world or something, and she's just sort of going, 
Yeah, they could use a little more time in the workshop. Yeah. <laughs> or, should, or should never even come out of the workshop. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Purely, purely with a glare. Indeed. she Very good face acting by JLD there. So Yes. Um, I've, I've also got here, these guys must be rich. Because Jerry's just like, yeah, I'll just give you two and a half grand. <laughs> yes. Now, I, I, I don't know if these people are just sort of <laughs> well off or, you know, the early 90s was a different time when you, you know, everyone was flush with uh, just cash you could throw around and, you know, invest in weird stuff like this. But yeah, I mean, talking about like, you know, a 5k invest, well, going up to 10k, realizing that's unrealistic, but still 5k is a sizable investment. A lot of money, 5k US dollars too, yeah. Absolutely. Um, this next moment here, it's it's there's really nothing to it. It doesn't add anything to the story, but it it does give you a bit of character development, though. So um, Elaine's worried about you know Dolph is getting caught in nets when Jerry orders the tuna, <laughs> but you know he listens to he listens to Elaine. He says, "Fine, I won't get out. I'll get the chicken." George just orders the tuna anyway. <laughs> that was it's a great button on the scene. The scene just that's yeah, it just closes the scene perfectly. I mean, uh, I do like Jerry trying to justify himself. It's like I'm always waving people in and. <laughs> You know, sort of trying. To- and we just dis- we just discussed it on four figure discount, I believe. I th- we did actually, yeah. Which um, <laughs> everything sort of working uh, working into one huge matrix. But uh, I, yeah, sort of showing no, no. Despite the fact that he may occasionally eat tuna and probably cost a live a few dolphins their lives, no, no. He's generally a good person. He's generally on the right side of history. Um, yeah. And George just doesn't care. George just wants tuna. Understand. <laughs> also, I, I liked George talking about his stock picks in the scene as well. It's that uh, that certain unearned confidence that Jason Alexander conveys so well. He sounded so you know on the money when he was talking about various you know stock prices and stock tips and all that kind of stuff. Even though he probably knows about as much of that as as I would or maybe you would. <laughs> That's why he's such a good liar, though, George. Because everything he says. He says it with such conviction he does. that you believe everything he says. <laughs> I have to say, those people talking behind us really ruined that movie for me. Why don't you do something? What do you want me to do? I gave the guy the half turn. <laughs> then I gave him the full turn with the eye roll. <laughs> I mean, beyond that, I'm risking a punch in the mouth. And I'm all for what Jerry says here. No talk. Once you enter those doors, stop speaking. Oh, very much so, yeah. I was, um, you know, uh, even when I'd attend like preview screenings with other, you know, film reviewers and stuff like that, there would still be people in there who would, you know, talk up to the very, very sort of start of people talking in the film. I mean, they'd be talking through like the opening credits if there was no character oh, speaking no, or action no, going no. on. It's like, guys, we're supposed to be professionals here. <laughs> yeah. Tra- trailers are part of the experience as well, so shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, definitely shut up during the trailers. But then, you know, there'd also be some who, as soon as the end credits would start, would be very vocal in sort of letting you know their opinion before they'd even written it down. It's like, uh, I, don't, I don't give a shit. The only person whose opinion matters in this room is mine and, you know, maybe the circle of maybe three other friends who are <laughs> three other reviewers do, I'm do, friends with. Do you with stand there. up and say that? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Oh, look, if, 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 this, if my... 
if my appearance on these podcasts, any of these podcasts on the Four Finger Discount Network have told us anything, I'm a complete coward when it comes to public confrontation <laughs> and even private confrontation. I don't like it. <laughs> a complete coward. I love that. That's so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just the discussion about the side eye and everything. It's, it's, it's so true. It's exactly what you do. You start with the side eye and then you give the whole head turn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever told someone to shut up in a cinema? Oh, Nicola doesn't like going to the movies because I'll give someone one warning. And then if they don't, I'll literally just say, shut the fuck up and trying to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that on occasion. I mean, I, look, I've, I've just went on this rant about how I'm a bit of a coward. But in a dark room um, where... Yeah, exactly. And you make sure you leave before they do. Oh, yeah. Get away. But, but what, what I'll say to them, I'll say, come on, guys. I'm trying to enjoy the movie. I'll say, I'll be polite. I'll say, come on, guys. Please, come on. Can we just be quiet? And if they don't listen, that's when I, can, yeah. I unleash. <laughs> you drop the F word. Yeah. I mean, you start off politely. You, you know, guys, please. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, that should that should give them the uh, the hint. I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I've done this in Australia. I would probably never do this in America. I mean, I hear stories about fights breaking out in cinemas all the time because someone told someone to shut up. It's it's ridiculous. Like the fact that you're talking and then you and then you start a fight, idiot. Yeah. Anyway, you're in um, the wrong. Don't start a fight. Exactly, hmm. Vanessa. Um, she feels a bit pressured by the fact that Jerry wants to go on a trip, but Jerry, you no, know, wants to enter phase two because you know he's that's when the better presents that come in phase two, and um, oh, she, yeah. she sort of comes. She sort of comes around to the idea. They discuss fishing and whatnot, and then Jerry checks the stock in the um in the newspaper, and she tries to explain to him they haven't changed. You know, it's still going to be the same thing <laughs> that I haven't printed a new newspaper. But yeah, just, I've just got here great chemistry, very, very relaxed chemistry in this scene. They do. You can see why they'd want to go to phase two. I mean, they, they seem like they're already, well, they're at the very end of phase one and they could move into phase two, which involves an extra toothbrush or, you know, walking around naked in front of one another. Which is the best part. <laughs> it is, yeah. But that extra toothbrush is fantastic. No, I know what you're talking about. But, um, <laughs> you, you do feel it though when you are when you have entered phase two. I mean, you don't even have to say it. I think you just sort of know it's like, Oh, yeah. You, you, you sort of you smile to yourself, like, okay, you're yeah. comfortable now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jerry, this is a very 90s moment, or very just pre-2000 moment, pre-Google Maps, him drawing on a map, planning the trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was he making a little card noise as he was doing it too? Yeah, he's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kramer walks in very, very happy to show Jerry that Centrax is going down. He, he thinks that stocks are a big conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jerry just speaks for all of us. Why does it please you? <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's true though. Like when you've told someone and they haven't listened and then they fail, you want to let them know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I was saying the praises of Michael Richards a bit earlier, but I think he's at his best as Kramer when he's sort of pulling that, huh? Huh? Yes. Yeah. You know, he's got that, that huh? Smile on. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you, you know it just from that noise, but. Um, the, eventually, George calls him. Uh, Kramer here. You're going to tell him, I'm selling. I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, George is telling him that he can't reach Wilkinson, who's the guy that um, gave him the stock tip in the first place. Then Kramer discusses the rollout tie dispenser. You know, I can't believe you put your money in that Centrex. You could have invested in my rollout tie dispenser. <laughs> rollout tie dispenser. What was that one? Okay, you're in a restaurant. You got a very big meeting coming up. Okay. Oh, man. You got mustard on your tie. Oh, no. You just tear it off and you got a new one right here. Then you're gone. You're gone already. 
Kramer then asks to use Jerry's place because he's got some friends coming over who he met at a rock concert. <laughs> this all just sounds so sus. It does. It sounds like something the cable guy would do. <laughs> um, he, like he wants to use his bed and stuff, and Jerry doesn't say no. But anyway, um, George calls Wilkinson, uh, calls back and says that Wilkinson's in hospital. So obviously Jerry starts panicking here. Um, we come back and we're now at the dry cleaners. George is trying to comfort Jerry, saying, "Don't sell yet. It'll be fine. Just go. Just stick with it. You'll be fine. Don't don't sell." Um, he says, I'll, "I'm going to go down to that hospital. I'm going to find out exactly what the hell's going on. Don't worry." You mentioned something before about how you could tell this was the uh, this was pre two thousand or very nineties by looking at the map. I think you just have to look at first of all the dreadful teal jumper on George in this scene. It's like, ooh, that's so nineteen ninety. I think Elaine was some wearing something in the very first scene as well. I was like, what's with Elaine's jacket? The the, the wardrobe of Seinfeld so far has been very subpar. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think we we don't even need to sort of say that out loud anymore. I think we can just take it as putting opinions like. Yeah, bad it's just, fashion. It's, it's 1990. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> Jerry still doesn't think it's a good idea, but he's gonna he'll, he'll stick it out a little bit longer. The little moment here where George is still talking to Jerry, but he's but Jerry's gone. Boy, I have to go to a bathroom, <laughs> and it's just an old woman. That's happened so many times. Oh um, god, yeah. But Jerry, he he's got a shirt here. Um, it's been shrunk. May I help you? Yeah, I picked up this shirt here yesterday. It's completely shrunk. <laughs> There's absolutely no way I can wear it. When did you bring it in? What's the difference? Look at it. Do you see the size of this shirt? You got a receipt? I I can't find the receipt. You should get the receipt. Look, forget about the receipt, all right? Even if I had the receipt, look at it. It's a hand puppet. (laughs) What am I going to do with this? Yes, but how do I know we did the shirt? What what do you think? This is a little scam I have? I take this tiny shirt all over the city, conning dry cleaners out of money? In fact, forget the money. I don't even want the money. I just once would like to hear a dry cleaner admit that something was their fault. That's what I want. I want an admission of guilt. Maybe you ask for it to be washed. No, dry cleaned. Let me explain to you something, okay? With certain types of fabrics, different chemicals can react, causing... You shrunk it. You know you shrunk it. Just tell me you shrunk it. I shrunk it. This is possibly one of the funniest moments we've had so far in Seinfeld. Making the the dry cleaner admit that he shrunk the shirt. It's very it's very well played by this uh, actor as well who only has like this one scene a few lines in it but uh yeah I mean it it feels dumb to say it's like wow he's sort of really taking it to Jerry Seinfeld because we know Jerry's not that much of an actor but I mean just in terms of uh comic timing and comic delivery and just sort of nice interplay between the two it's like yeah this guy this day player is just really funny you know he's got yeah. good t- he's got good timing good expressions and just a little payoff at the end I shrunk it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the lean-in as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's pitching such a good case for it beforehand. It's like, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, just take the take the L on this one, Jerry. Just, you know, walk away with your uh, with your shrunken shirt and, you know, go buy yourself another one. You've got thousands of dollars to, you know, blow on wax stocks like these. I think you can afford another, you know, another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but still, though, it doesn't know you when... You've had a service of some kind and they've done a bad job and they don't admit that it's their fault. It's that really is frustrating. That is true. <laughs> no matter how much money you have, it's the principle. It is the principle of the thing. You are correct. Having said that, I mean, 
I think comedies like Seinfeld and others, they make a lot of fun of dry cleaners. Like, oh, God, have my dry cleaning ruined. I've never had a piece of clothing even vaguely ruined by a dry cleaner. I've had nothing but positive dry cleaner experiences in the many years that I've uh, taken items to my local dry cleaner. I reckon I've used dry cleaners maybe four times in my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've never had an issue. And I, the the only service I tend to have an, uh, an issue with, not not an issue, but like they, where they fuck it up, is when you order fast food through the drive-thru. And oh. now you're always going to make sure you check it before you drive off. Because they'll always forget that extra chips. Joe Pesci taught us that in, I believe it was Lethal Weapon 2. They <laughs> fuck you at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't remember when I started to do do the checking. I mean, I think I always trusted Ronald McDonald or the Colonel or Hungry Jack or whoever. And then, you know, get home and thought, oh, no, wait a minute. Um, so now every time, well, and I haven't been to a drive-thru that much recently, but every time that I used to, you, know, you stick the hand in. That feels right. That feels right. That feels right. Got the pie. Yep. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Got the pie. I've never, by the way, ever heard him referred to as Hungry Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Mac- Maccas has the clown. Yeah, KFC yeah. has the colonel. I mean, I'm assuming that Hungry Jack's is overseen no, by Hungry no, Jack. Yeah, but the, there's no logo though, is there? There's no mascot. No. They, no, I mean, they used to have the mascot for the kids club meals, but like the, 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 some sort of gang of kids, but... Yeah, there's never there's I mean Burger King they have in the states. I'm assuming they've got some sort of king there somewhere. They do, but, they but do have the Burger American King. American listeners, Burger King is Hungry Jacks in Australia. But yeah, yeah. We've, we've never seen Jack. That's the thing. I mean, I've I've never seen Hungry Jack, so, but I'm assuming he's there. I'm assuming he exists. I think the only reason we go to the dry cleaner is so I can say to the dry cleaner, "Well, it's ruined." <laughs> and of course, the dry cleaner can respond, "It's not our fault." We're not responsible. We just ruin the clothes. That ends our legal obligation. <laughs> See, the whole problem with dry cleaning is that we all believe that this is actually possible. <laughs> they're, right? They're cleaning our clothes, but they're not getting anything wet. It's all dry. I know there's gotta be some liquids back there, some fluids that they're using. There's no such thing as dry cleaning. When you get something on your shirt, you ever get something on your shirt and try and get it off like that? That's dry cleaning. I don't think that's what they're doing back there. They don't have 80 guys going, come on, hurry up. There's a lot of shirts today. Then we get Elaine here, and she's uh, ranting about the cats. I, I can relate to this. I mean, I grew up with cats. I don't dislike cats, but for the first 20 years of my life, we had no less than four cats in the house. I don't want cats anymore. <laughs> I understand that if you've if you've had multiple cats in the house at any one time, that can they almost shit be a bit in the bath. They piss on the floor. They just oh, oh. Hmm. well. I, I okay. Look, I've had that experience with cats every once in a while that they'll be in, in like an errant turd near the litter box or something <laughs> like that. Actually, my my last cat Charlie, um, I think we'd moved house and she was sort of getting the lay of the land, and I had a bunch of my DVDs sort of like in boxes in various rooms and. Came into the into that room to, what's that? What's that acidic smell? Oh, that that's cat piss. Oh no! But then it's like, wait a minute, that's cat piss on some of my DVDs and Blu-rays, including oh, like, no. you know, there, there's cat piss on my box set of Space, the TV series Space, signed by <laughs> Edgar Wright. I was like, 
Oh. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. So is that, is that why you used to have a cat called Charlie? That is correct. No, 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 no. Charlie <laughs> and I patched it up after that. and uh, you, fought, you fought out the $14? <laughs> oh, man. No, no. Ch- Charlie and I made up and um, Charlie lived a long and happy life at this house until her untimely demise uh, about five years ago. <laughs> what evidence is there that cats are so smart anyway, huh? What do they do? Because they're clean? I'm sorry. My Uncle Pete showers four times a day and he can't count to ten, so don't give me hygiene. So what are you gonna do? I don't know. I can't think of any solution. Unless, of course, they should meet with some unfortunate accident. think a hitman would charge to rub out a couple of cats? Well, it couldn't be too expensive. 13, 14 bucks a cat. What do you think, Jerry? You want to make 28 bucks? I'm no cat killer. How about we go over there right now and we shave them? I'd really like to go, Elaine, but... George is coming back from the hospital. I gotta wait for him. But otherwise, I would definitely go. Kramer bursts in again, very, very happy that the stock, the stock has gone down. There's a little moment here where he gets startled by the buzzer and they linger on it for a few moments. And I'm just like, this is the kind of Kramer that I enjoy. Just a little, mm. just a little, like the, it's the Kramer flick of the hair, you know, just being shot by the buzzer and stuff like that. He's just yeah. he's always on, always on edge, you know? The good physical performance by Michael Richards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what he's known for, his physical comedy. So, yeah, he's yeah. really really doing it well here. The, uh, the next moment, though, was a little bit creepy with him looking at the woman at the bus stop. It's <laughs> really, honest. it's a little un, 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 unpalatable, let's say. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's just like, I guess this is funny. No, yeah. it's not, no, no, it's not. It's actually very, very stalkerish and creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about, you know, hey, we did things differently in the 90s. I don't think we did this in the 90s. No, no, I, we didn't. I don't think we thought this was, you know, um, oh, this is, you know, charming stalkerish behaviour. It's like, no, it's just plain stalkerish behaviour. Not that good. <laughs> Cece's going to go talk to her. Joe, uh, George walks in. He's very, very sad because he got thrown out of the hospital. For a sick guy, he's very strong. Yeah, Jerry's like, that's it. I'm selling. I'm out. And George says, yeah, well, you can sell if you want, but I'm going to go down with the ship. Very noble of George. <laughs> it is. It's a it's a thing called the sunk cost fallacy. Have you ever heard of that, Dando? I have not, no. The sunk cost fallacy is there when you've just, you've invested so much in something for so long that even if you know it's a lose, you're kind of like, uh, nah, can't pull that now. <laughs> well, it's like I guess that's sort of like when you're watching a shit movie, but you're two thirds of the way through. You're like, well, I can't stop now. I might as well to see how it ends. Yeah, pretty much. It, 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 the sun cost fallacy exists in a lot of different forms, but uh, yeah, and that's certainly one of them. But yeah, George is a walking example of it here. Uh, we're in Vermont, and Jerry and Vanessa are experiencing what we are at the moment: all this isolation because it's rainy weather outside in Vermont, and we've got absolutely nothing to talk about. They have one of the most awkward conversations I've ever seen on television. <laughs> they do. It's very well played by by Jerry and by Jill, by Lynn Clark. Um, you know, to me, that that looked ideal. I mean, not that not that relationship, but I mean, hey, you're in Vermont, which is supposedly quite a nice you know quite a nice state. You look like you're in a a nice sort of B and B kind of yeah. place, yeah, or cottage or whatever. There's one or two other people around, but I mean, you're not sort of crammed in. 
surely the relationship is still in the honeymoon phase. Just go at it like rabbits for the next three days. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> I was going to suggest give Read me a, a nice sort of living room. <laughs> There's probably a nice library there. Grab a couple of books. Yeah. Maybe start it reading. Like there was a few, it looked like there were a few books there, yeah. Yeah, play a board game. I don't know. But oh, man. <laughs> board games. That's one thing. I'm, that's One of the positives about this isolation that we're all experiencing around the world at the moment is that people are starting to appreciate puzzles and board games again. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I know that you're a huge board game guy. I'm not really, but I mean, I know that you are. Every time I've been to your place, I've just seen, hey, got a new one. It's like, another one? And, you know, it's like me and Blu-rays. I mean, they're just sort of uh, multiplying and taking over the ver- or every inch of uh, clean space. I have not bought a Blu-ray in so long. And it's, <laughs> I, it's sad because, like, I, like, I like the idea of going to the store and, you know, purchasing a Blu-ray. But then I think, it's on Netflix. Why am I paying 30 bucks for it? <laughs> a, a good point, a good point. I mean, I tend to only buy them these days if they've got a lot of good extras yeah, the commentaries, of course. Yeah, yeah, usually not usually not new ones. It's usually sort of older ones that are being re-released with the you know new features and all that kind of business. I just ordered one the other day. But sorry, what was I saying? But also, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've seen a lot of people getting into board games. Definitely a lot of people into more into jigsaws than I ever thought. Yeah, and really, Nicola, sort of- Nicola is right into them. She's she's loving the Disney ones from my work at the moment. <laughs> six points. It's up six points. <laughs> Told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Look, Vanessa, of course the market fluctuates. Everybody knows that. I just got fluctuated out of $4,000. That's probably why. What? Forget it. No, that's probably why. That's probably why we're staying here, because you lost money on the stock. We cut now to the, the diner, and George here is so great. Just so happy and proud of his winnings. Just like with the cigar and the jacket. And <laughs> just reveling in his new wealth. And I mean, uh, I love how he's sort of pushing food on people and then are hungry. So don't finish it. <laughs> have something else. Come on, have a little dessert. I'm good, thanks. Elaine, get something. It's all taken care of. I'm kind of full. So don't finish it. She's full. <laughs> So, Big Daddy, I'm just curious. How much did you clear on your little transaction there, all told? I don't like to discuss figures. How much? I don't know. What? Eight thousand. It's a Hyundai. Get out. <laughs> Elaine, she's still on well, but it's no longer the cats because the boyfriend has dumped her. Um, she just simply has a cold. I mean, you it- would feel pretty sad if you were if you were dumped. Like, I mean, but the thing is, though, the cats were there first. He chose the cats. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the cats were there first. (laughs) George has got a new Wilkinson deal. The way he delivers this as well, it's just, it's so great. Just the the facial expressions of, you know, you don't don't have to, but if you want to, oh yeah, much time. You just, you just, you know, just whispering it to them. It's so great. (laughs) Then we get the, the final scene with George taking the tip back. Just a very George moment. Yeah, overall, this is, Without a doubt, the best episode we've reviewed so far. Really, really enjoyed it. It was a great season finale, and you can uh, understand why they renewed it for a second season. Absolutely. Based on this, you go, oh, yeah, look, these are characters who are uh, likable enough to hang around with, <laughs> evil, well, not evil enough, but sort of petty enough to, uh, yeah, to make fun of and, uh, yeah, to enjoy their, their flaws. Say what you want to say, but are too afraid to. Very much so, yes. 
the best versions of the worst versions of us. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, all the characters are starting to really um, come into their own, the way that you remember them. Yeah, just a really solid episode. Now, next episode, we're going to be discussing, obviously, the first of season two. It is called The Ex-Girlfriend. Really, really looking forward to it now because it's it's funny. I thought Seinfeld took uh, a lot longer to really find its groove because uh, I haven't gone back and watched these first episodes for so long. And so many people say that it was at its peak in like season four. That's when it really, you know, mm. hit its stride. But I feel like it's already starting to get there. It's, it's I'm it's I'm really excited for for the second season. Definitely based on this on this last episode that we've discussed right now. Certainly, yeah. I mean, yeah. This feels like it's this close to being. Well, it's it's definitely taking shape. It was slowly taking shape in previous episodes. It's like it's gone to phase two, pretty much. I mean, we're in yeah, season, that's, season that's, one, but it's gone to phase two. They're now walking around with no clothes on. Bad, bad <laughs> presents. But I know that the episode The Chinese Restaurant is in season two. I remember that was one of the episodes that really hooked me. It is good. It's fantastic. So uh, I look forward to discussing that uh, with you in a later episode. But uh, yes. we've made it all the way through season one. Wow. Yes. Thank you for sticking with us for the entire season, the first season of Seinfeld. Appreciate all of your support. You guys are all champions. But until season two, I am Dando. And I am Guy. And we'll catch you guys then. See you later.